Hey, y'all, and welcome to the very first episode of It's Britney B Podcast, a show where you and I go on a journey and break down subjects that most of us want to talk about, listen to, or even want to be a part of. I'm your host, Brittany, and if y'all are ready, let's sit back, relax, and let's chat. On today's episode, we are going to talk about limerence and the characteristics of this love addiction. Now, first things first, what is limerence? Well, according to dictionary.org, limerence is the state of being obsessively infatuated with someone, which is usually accompanied by delusions of or a desire for an intense romantic relationship with that person. I know it's probably safe to say that most of us have been there before. You meet this person. You really, really are vibing them. Your heart beats fast. Anything and everything reminds you of them. They do not have a single flaw in our eyes. They are literally everything you wanted them to be. And the sparks come out of nowhere. Now, some of y'all are probably already wondering, but Britt, isn't that what falling in love is? And I know you guys, I know, but unfortunately not really. The movies, television, even our friends' social media have tricked us, or I guess we really tricked ourselves. Because those feelings I just described fit into the characteristics of this love addiction we call limerence. Limerence is a love addiction, you guys. And I know I have been in limerence, at least three times in my life. And I know I can say when I'm attracted to a man at a love-addicted level, I have pictured our whole lives together. Stupid scenarios that would never happen. I get sprung over this dude, and I don't even know who, what his middle name is. Why? Because this guy decided to give me a little dose of attention that I so desperately craved at the time. They give me the feeling of approval because obviously... They approved something about me, whether it was my looks or some type of accomplishment that seems appealing. And then also, again, they give me the attention. And I love attention. But why does this happen? Why do some people fall for this addiction of love? Well, we can start with the classic textbook example of abandonment and neglect issues during childhood by a parent and or caretaker. This neglect already predisposes us to the feeling of wanting to be wanted, wanting to be loved. Love addicts, more often than not, have a hard childhood that causes them to lead them in situations that they are in now. You know the saying, we often favor people who resemble our parents? In this case, it's not in our favor, though. As children, we know nothing about love other than the love that our parents or caretakers have shown us. We learn about what we think the adult world is through the love and care of our parents. And if your parents or caretakers are emotionally unavailable to you as a kid, I mean, naturally, you look for that in your romantic life as you get older. Why? Because that's what we're used to. Now, couples counselor and psychotherapist Kate McKenzie has stated that almost all love addicts have had a distant relationship with their non-nurturing mother. Anyone who thinks they might be a love addict have a non-nurturing mother? I know I have, but I do not want to discredit my mother. For everything she has done for me and my brother, she's a great mom. But for me as an adult now, I know that my mother and I had became extremely close, and we've handled a lot of wounds that we've both caused each other. Nowadays, I can call that woman and talk to her all the time about everything. My mom, she's 
my everything, my best friend. She's my mom. And she was never a bad mom. She was just a single mom, just trying to give her kids the best life she could provide. But because of that, she was hardly home. She would work nights. So if we did see her, she was in the dreadful, ugh, I have to work another 12-hour shift mood. And that alone was a sign to stay away from her. So my mom and I, I guess you could say we weren't really close when I was a teenager. Plus, I was not the best teen. And being a single mom and working a 12-hour shift, you're not really trying to deal with your bad teen when you come home. Again, she wasn't a bad mom. Just nurturing wasn't her strong suit at the time, given her circumstance. But man, did I try to get her approval with all the important things to me in life. Music, sports, talking about girl stuff. My mom's love and affection was super important to me. And when she gave me attention, when she wasn't tired, or when she told me I did a good job, or even coming to my choir concerts and hearing me sing a solo, it was like Christmas time to me. The sad thing, though, is that this craving I yearned so much from my mom seeped into my adult love life. Remember what I said earlier about the love our parents give us is the love that we project into our adult life? Okay, here's how this has happened to me in my own love addiction. So as an adult, my infatuation on men that I have encountered in my life, not out of love per se, though it really did seem like it at the time. But anyway, the obsession of the idea on how I envision obtaining this love I craved so much was a problem for me. And I would end up falling into this limerence or love addiction with men that only had to give me two seconds of attention. And I would engorge my heart with this tiny bit of attraction and confusing that tiny bit for undivided love. I'd obsess over it because that's how I was with my own mom. I'd do whatever I had to do to get their love completely, but it always failed. And that was usually because suddenly my potential love interest was not available, whether it was emotionally or due to something else. So why does love addiction happen? Can it happen to anyone? Is it truly a real addiction? Can people get help for this? Well, ladies and gents and non-binaries, in a moment, we are going to answer these questions. But first, let's go over some, but not all, characteristics of a person who is currently in a limerent, a.k.a. love-addicted trance. Let's start with the first characteristic. People in limerence want the forbidden fruit. What do I mean by that? I mean, the people want a person that they can't have. The whole thrill of the chase, you might say. You want what you can't have. Like people who are married or swooning over someone who's already expressed that they're not interested in you, which usually was the category I fell into. Or even obsessing over a celebrity. You never want to meet your idol because if you do meet your idol, you always end up being disappointed. Prime example right here, you fall in love with the idea of like Tom Hardy, but then you meet him and he's nothing like you imagine. In fact, he's actually a piece of crap. I'm just kidding. Tom Hardy, if you're ever listening to this, because you're perfect to me. Okay, I'm still working on him in that aspect, but we're not talking about that today. Anyway, as a love addict, we tend to crave the love from people who do not reciprocate it back to us. Paya Melody, the author of Facing Love Addiction, stated that love addicts are naturally drawn to love avoidance. So they are drawn to a partner who cannot and more likely will not meet their needs. Because, remember, 
their childhood trauma and abandonment. The addicts feel unworthy. All they know is to cater, cater, cater to get their limit love's approval. Just like we did with our parents and caretakers as kids. You do something good, your parents acknowledge it. They give you praise and reward. You do something good for your significant other, they acknowledge it. They give you a small microdose of attention and affection. And for some reason, that small attention and affection is just enough for us. Because a little bit of love and attention is so much better than being single. Which leads me to my next characteristic. People in limerence, or people who have a love addiction, I'll intermingle between the two, but they mean the same thing. They don't like to be single. One of the worst positions for a love addict is to be single. Lord, you can't do that. Love addicts want to be with someone so bad that they are willing to settle often for abusive partners. I know I did. Twice times, you guys. One, two. I would stay with the worst person for me. But it's all good because I was with someone. They will change someday. Hopefully. Maybe. I I don't know. All I know is that being with this toxic human will provide me with at least the bare minimum of affection, which to me at that time was way better than being alone with no one. But when you are the love addict, it's not that easy and it's definitely not favorable. No matter what, the love addict is desperate to have the object no matter whether it's good for them or not. Because as long as they are not single, they are totally okay with the toxic chaos that may soon follow. I mean, we all like a bit of spice in our life, right? I want passionate love. And you can't have that kind of love if the relationship is stable. Because then, what are you really fighting for? Which brings me to the third characteristic. Trying to understand why people in limerence get bored with relationship stability. Yes, they get bored with stability. Remember that episode in Euphoria? I think it was like season two. And it was Maddie and her crappy friend Cassie. Maddie was talking about how she wasn't sure if she could handle being with someone who could love her and treat her right and take care of her and do everything you're supposed to do when you're actually in love. She said, not verbatim, that she was addicted to the chaos that her and Nate had. This is the type of situation that I'm talking about. A love addict person does not want stability. They want chaos. I mean, it's not like they're not capable of having a normal relationship, but that would require self-work on their end. And when you are an active addict, you're not trying to hear about working on yourself when you're too busy trying to find love. They're addicted to the idea of love, the excitement, the passion, all the things you get in the honeymoon stage of the relationship, aka when you're first talking or dating. Or you can even get it from a toxic partner. Not an easygoing, self-aware, mature, positive partner. That would be completely boring to a love addict. Why? Because that would require a legitimate connection. They keep a certain distance, the love addict does. I always made my relationships about the partner, never about myself. I couldn't bear to face myself as a person, let alone have another human being who's already rocky as it looks, see the real me, and then, you know, potentially leave. Give me your chaos, and I will handle it. Just don't leave me, okay? I can't bear to be alone or bear the idea that you are with someone else because you, in my mind, are too perfect for me. And that leads us to characteristic number four, you guys which is 
people in limerence or people who are in a love addiction will idolize their objects of affection to a fault, which really means they will fantasize their romantic interest into a bad degree. The love interest becomes perfect in any possible way. Flaws? Non-existent. But that becomes a problem. How? Well, we as the love addict do not give ourselves the chance to see the love interest for who they really are. We refuse to allow it. You ignore all the flaws and all the red flags. This person has shown you attention and a microdose of love, so you automatically default this person as perfect. They're giving you everything you ever wanted since you were a kid. But that's not genuine. How can you truly love someone if you don't give yourself love at all? I know it's a bit cliche, but I mean, come on, you guys, it is true. Real love for yourself gives you the gift to see flaws and red flags in others. This then gives you the chance to actually decide if you're willing to work and love that person or if you think you deserve better. Real love gives safety and reciprocity. And isn't that what we all strive for, love addict or not? Of course it is. But really, real love usually does not have repercussions like limerence does. Love addiction is real and has its repercussions even outside the actual relationship with the love interest. Being a love addict pushes family and friends away. It did for me, for sure. My last relationship caused me to push my best friend of foreverdom away for about two years. And that was painful. That was actually probably worse than an actual heartbreak itself. But again, I was not willing to be alone. I stayed in that toxic relationship and lost one of the most valuable friendships because I couldn't handle being alone. And I would be damned if I were to be alone and then see someone else put their hands on my limerent object. I even put them before my kids. I put this love interest before my kids. Dealing with all this love person's crap, dealing with all the love interest's drama, all their chaos and not caring, that I am messing up my relationships and my connections with my family and friends. Only coming to my family and friends for like a hot second for support when I need them because my love interest dogged me out real bad. And I'm going to leave them this time. Only to put my family and friends on the back burner again because the toxic love interest that I'm addicted to gave me attention and wants me back. I'm wanted again by a person who abandoned me and neglected me. I'm getting that fix back. And like I said, again, love addiction it is like an actual addiction. Love addicts cannot help that they struggle with this addiction. Remember childhood trauma stuff? And like real addiction, you go through the addiction fixings, withdrawals, being without the person. You get the anxiety, the depressions, the racing thoughts, maybe even palpitations. You also need the fix. This person's bad for me and they may bring me to my ultimate downfall. But if that person comes back, I'm going to get that taste. Then you relapse. You're back in that bottomless pit of hell again, but you got that little bit of love back, so you're fine. But it doesn't stop there. You suffer at work and school too. How can you focus on work and school if this person is all you think about? What are they doing? What's their favorite color? How can I run into them without them knowing and being obvious about it? Again, you can't focus when you're trying to make destiny happen on your own. So you have to potentially lose your job and fail. It is what it is. You have to do it. It's love. You're addicted to it. But... We now know, deep down, that's not the way to go. And you can get help for this. Now, people with a love addiction 
who, you know, are in limerence, just want to find great love like the rest of us. The problem for them is it's very much a one-sided obsession. People experiencing love addiction generally subscribe to a belief that their love can overcome anything. They believe in the poetry of love to a degree that would allow the person to also believe that they can have their desired results with the other person. The person also experiences some joy in the process itself. They get a sense of pleasure in the contemplation of what it could be. But that's not what love is. And no, I am no expert in any of this. But I'd like to say I am a recovering love addict. And I think, I'd like to think I'm more in the loving myself stage at this point in my life. And I can only truly go off my own experiences. But love, genuine love, involves two people who are both mutually agreeable to be in a romantic relationship with one another. They both still hold on to their individual selves. There's no risk of codependency or losing oneself. At some point, there has to be some complete detachment of what we thought love was when we were kids. And know that the love we may not have received as a child is not the same as an adult. Because as an adult, this kind of love is now in our control. We can decide what we feel and what we deserve. We can decide that we can still be ourselves and the right people will gravitate and stay. That we don't have to appease to have the approval of others or the love or affection that we tried to get from our parents. I don't want the same love I craved for my mom in a romantic relationship. It's just weird. <laughs> I honestly don't know what I want in a relationship because I'm not there yet. Remember, I'm in the self-loving part, so I'm still trying to figure out how to love me. But I do know when that time does come someday in the far, far, far future... I know it's going to be different than what it used to be in the past. Now, if you are someone who is currently or could possibly be in some type of love-addicted trance, there are resources that can help you. The Addiction Center is a great place you can go online and check out and see a bunch of different resources for love addictions, and they even have contact information for therapists that you can speak to online. Now, remember, you guys, the ingredients to recovery is hard work, dedication, and a loving support system. So, today, no pressure. Give a call or a text to your family or your friends that you have abandoned for this person you were so in love with and let them know that you want them back in your lives. That's the first step. Recognize it. Get your support. Build your army so you can fight this battle. Love is out there, you guys, and you don't have to be addicted to the idea in order to achieve it. Today, we went over limerence, the love addiction, and why it is called love addiction. I hope this episode makes a difference to someone, whether it's opened someone's eyes or was just a good listen to on the way to work or class. But again, real love does exist, you guys. But it all starts with love for yourself first. If you are a love addict or even a recovering love addict, just know you can have a good support system and there are resources for this kind of addiction and you aren't alone and most of us have been in this position. You can't overcome this.
Well, you guys, thank you for sitting with me on my very first episode. It has been a pleasure talking with you on It's Britney B. Crap Podcast, the show where you and I go on a journey and break down topics most of us want to talk about, listen to, or even be a part of. I'm your host, Brittany. I want to say thank you for Dedalian for producing my first episode today. And a thought for the day. The more you light your lighter, the lighter your lighter gets until it is too light to light. Don't forget to stay tuned for new episodes and to stay up to date with the latest episodes, go to lccconnect.org. Get it? Got it? Done. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.